We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday, October 12th edition of the Word NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartlett. Follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me is Jake Tars. You can follow him at Roto. Jake, Jake, we have finally got to the point of the NFL season where we now have to consider bye weeks on top of every other waiver wire thing. And we've had a number of running back injuries over the past couple of weeks. This week five was no different. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, Clyde Solaire, a few other guys that we'll have to talk about. But otherwise, Kind of a uh, light waiver wire. So I think there's going to be some top heavy waivers that we'll talk about uh, budget wise mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, but otherwise, I, I think there's probably a, f- a few other places you can go to for uh, uh, like depth p- pickups other than this week. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, we'll definitely take a look. I mean, we've got Atlanta, we've got the Jets, we've got the Saints and the 49ers all on by this week. So there's definitely some fantasy assets in there that we're going to have to replace. And we're also going to have to make some really tough roster decisions mm-hmm. too when getting these people in your lineup. So uh, hopefully we can go through some cuts. I tried to put some steamy ones on, on here that we can talk about, you know, keep or cut, you know, we'll have to do that. And that's a, it'll be, it'll mirror the, the decisions that fantasy owners are going to have to make this week uh, once bye weeks are here. And I, this is when we hit our stride, Joe. I mean, I think there are some pretty hot pickups this, this week, and uh, hopefully we can get you guys through that. Hopefully you have some fab left, you know, after, at this yeah, point in time. Right. Like I said, a lot, a lot of top-heavy ones certainly out there. Uh, and, of course, an awesome Monday night game that we want to talk about as well, too. Before we do that, let's get a word from our title sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotoware, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotoware's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet, WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotoware's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you the latest action with the user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on the roulette, double down blackjack, slam the slots, or try our hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet 
up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. So we all heard of 28-3, to right? The Falcons collapse in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. But have you heard of 22-3, to which was the collapse of the Colts with two minutes left in the third quarter? Obviously, Lamar Jackson and company rally from behind. Mark Andrews, massive game. Marquise Brown, massive game. Lamar Jackson, nearly 400 passing yards, 300 of which came in the second half. Only one of those passes was outside the pocket, too. So all you naysayers saying Lamar Jackson can only throw outside the pocket, can't do anything a real quarterback does, uh, you look foolish, and I'm sure they'll ignore that because it doesn't meet their pretenses. Great game, and it certainly did not look like that for about three quarters of this contest. Yeah, yeah I mean, of course, Lamar Jackson's the MVP front runner now, right? Because we all have to overreact and make him, uh, you know, the number one guy after uh, Monday Night Football. But no, he looked right. awesome. And you know, you talk about your Monday Night Miracles, your chances to win that we do on the XM show. Um, pretty much, if you needed points, you got them. I mean, across yes. the board, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Andrews, absolute career day. I mean, I I was, you know, beating Mario and Stake League by like 60 points. And I was starting to think, geez, you know, as, as Mark Andrews creeps up on 40 points, like what's going to happen here? But uh, him and Hollywood Brown both had excellent days. Obviously, Lamar right on par with, you know, Brady and Herbert this week getting 40 point fantasy days. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor looked awesome, you know. We think of him as a between-the-tackle runner, but we tend to forget about his 4, 3, 6, or whatever speed. Once he gets right to on. that second level, he burns defensive backs, you know, that are supposed to be the fast guys out there on the field. And he caught that screen pass right off the bat, set the tone, and took that one all the way to the house and had the best day of the year for our people who uh, have been sticking with Jonathan Taylor so far. And, dude, my guy, Michael Pittman, finally came through with a big game. You know, I was worried at first. They were targeting a lot of Pascal, a lot of Campbell, some receivers that I had never even heard of that somehow made the field for him. But then Pittman gets there. And, of course, Wentz throws that ball up to him that he reaches over the guy and brings in for an amazing touchdown, not just to make the catch. To make the catch was amazing on its own. But to turn around and have the peace of mind and the footwork to be able to score and get in the end zone, stay in bounds, uh, you know, and just and just keep yourself, you know, in that position, in that moment, in that time. I mean, just the control was amazing, and I'm starting to feel good about my Michael Pittman shares. They should be using him more. I mean, if you have a receiver that can do that, why aren't you giving him 12 targets a game? I mean, the Colts and their uh, offensive player usage is a question mark. We have a comment here you know, referring to the Colts deserving to lose because Marlon Mack uh, and Naheem Hines continue to get snapped while Jonathan Taylor was doing good. Like The Hines thing is, is, one th- is like one part of it, and to me – it was very clear the Colts were using Marlon Mack in favorable situations to drum up trade interest. I mean, like that's, that <laughs> is why you do it. And honestly, he looked good. Like if you were a team that mm-hmm. really needed a running back and at, at this point in the season, there are a number of teams that could make that idea. Mack had some good snaps. Would yeah. Jonathan Taylor have scored on those? Probably. But yeah. I mean, with, with the Colts <laughs> and where their record is right now, I think that was more or less the intention is to, mm-hmm. to get some uh, interest in Marlon Mack a little bit more generally. Yeah. But I mean, Taylor looked good. Hines looked good in the couple of carries that he got. I mean, of course, Taylor, maybe even Hines breaks those some of those into the open field and scores. Right. But I mean, every running back looked good. The Baltimore defense was just looking gassed. I mean, Patrick Queen hasn't quite been what Baltimore has expected right. out of him. I know the defense has been hit hard by injuries, especially in the secondary, but this was up front. I mean, this is the Colts have a good offensive line and, and a lot of that can make up for some of the shortcomings of Carson Wentz. I thought Lewis Riddick Who threw for 400 yards. I mean, yes. like so that, that's, yeah. he, he had a good game for as much as we talk about. Yeah, yards, absolutely. We should. Wentz equally looked really good for the first time this season. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, the, the one thing is that I'm noting, I'm not rushing out to necessarily pick him up on account of like a quarter of that being on a screen pass. 
you know, from right. in the first quarter. With Jonathan so, Taylor know, and yeah. Pittman. I mean, like Pittman yeah. had a long catch too, based off of yeah, that as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's not necessarily inflating the, the, the stock of Carson Wentz a bunch. But no, anyway, I wanted to say that Lewis Riddick made a good point on the broadcast. They're not... I mean, how many times did you see Carson Wentz audible last night? They're not calling multiple yeah. read plays. Usually he has one read and, mm-hmm. and and that's and that's the play. You know, he's not you know, he's not seeing the 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 linebacker, the safety blitz and changing the play out. So I I mean, it's still that part is a little bit concerning, but I think this offense is going to be just fine and it all starts up front with the offensive line. So Taylor's going to be him and Pittman they just need to let him out and 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 keep using him more. Yeah, war of attrition would suggest that, you know, Jonathan Taylor is at least worth a first round pick. I know we had done podcasts. Weird, weird breath I had to take there. Uh <laughs> here, I guess I have to cough. That's what it is. There we live, go. Live podcast. Here we go. Yeah, I mean the the war of attrition at running back would make Jonathan Taylor a, a first round pick. And at the time when we were doing those early July or I guess mid-July, early August podcasts, Jonathan Taylor had crept into the second round. I think at this point you feel confident about his value moving forward. And and even if there are struggles, and there probably will be for the Colts offense. I'm not, I don't think this was a get right game by any means. I think it was more of a taking advantage of situations that worked out. I think the Ravens maybe entered with thinking we're going to win this game, dominate the Colts. They've kind of looked lackluster mm-hmm. and the Colts more or less were playing for their season this Monday night. And yep. I thought they looked well. And and yet here we go. It's a situation where mm-hmm. uh, they still lose that game. So yeah. Last thing on here, Tyson Williams season. It's over, right? Well, I, you know, I would have thought it was over last week when he was a healthy and active. This mm-hmm. week, he at least played. Uh, it's not like Latavius Murray did a whole lot in this contest either. In fact, we have Julie asking the question uh, whether or not he should be the number one running back for the Ravens moving forward. I don't I don't know. Evidently, did you see the report the Ravens were getting trade offers for their running backs? And I'm like, okay, so the Ravens <laughs> leaked that clearly because nobody's trying to trade for Demonta Freeman or Le'Veon Bell. Well, no, they'd be trying to trade for Tyson Williams because they, they see the Ravens want to use the vets over Williams and they and and the Ravens full they full well know that Dobbins is going to be their guy next year they presume he's going to get healthy they're fully behind Dobbins and Edwards and Edwards too so they're uh, again they're not going to necessarily waste their it wouldn't be a waste of time but they're not going to spend time developing Tyson Williams for third string at best next year you know they go with the more game ready guys now and if they can trade him and get something uh, you know, great, which is crazy considering how the year started. So that's definitely uh, that's definitely an interesting thing. But make mo- no mistake here, Lamar Jackson is Baltimore's RB one. That that <laughs> that is the situation here. So I mean, Murray Williams, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think Murray in most situations will be their starter. The game script obviously did not favor a run heavy approach, and Latavius Murray has never really been a major pass catcher, even during his days with the the Saints. I know. He had 34 catches. Raiders had 41 catches back in the day. Fine enough. But I, I think the, the Ravens want to use him more as the in-between-the-tackles type of dude, whereas Freeman, mm-hmm. theoretically Le'Veon Bell, and even Tyson Williams were doing more catching-related stuff, in which they had to do quite plenty last night. So I'm not I'm not worried about but it's not like Latavius Murray was a – I mean, like an RB2 flex at best for you. I think for most people he's a mm-hmm. running back three or four, and you're really only I playing mean, him now when we get into the bye week situations. Most people that drafted him expected to be him to be a saint. You know, so <laughs> right. you know, a, yeah. a, a literal, uh, not a literal saint, I guess. Yeah. Would that be a literal saint if he's playing for the saints? No, literal saint is something would be very like, yeah, different. Would and be I would not imagine literal. many people, okay. as we yeah. learned with John Gruden, not literal saints. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely don't need to go down that road here. Let's jump in though. Let's talk about some quarterbacks. I think we covered everything that we need to about what was a fantasy carnival on Monday night mm-hmm. and, and, and an indie choke job. And I guess we didn't touch on, on Blankenship and his goggles having that weird injury and they were never sure if they he was he was hurt already entering the week so i don't know i 
that I missed. I, I only heard the back end with Clay's mm-hmm. Campbell celebrating and blocking it and less about why they made that yeah. decision and everything else like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, not worth really discussing in my opinion, whether or not the Colts bringing a different kicker is probably more relevant, but we won't know that until later in the week. Um, you mentioned it as well. And I did at the top of the hour four bye weeks. This is the first start of the bye weeks until week 14. We'll have four teams, at least missing uh, games with the Falcons, Jets, Saints, 49ers, to be honest, some toothless offenses that you're more or less losing for this. This is going to be Matt Ryan finally making his emergence. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts finally making his emergence. Yeah. Only to go ahead and uh, uh, get getting match for your fantasy lineups is, is kind of interesting. And obviously, Jameis Winston and company had a pretty good game for the Saints, but they've been lackluster. Niners definitely need this week uh, to regain tra- Trey Lance. Evidently injured Jimmy Garoppolo, banged up too. It's like mm-hmm. a repeat of the Niners season last year. We have mentioned a number of streaming quarterbacks last week as pickups and Trey Lance. This week, Kind of more streamer two QB options. We have a few injury related guys like Geno Smith and Mike Leonard. We'll have to discuss first. Yeah. Which one do you want to tackle? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So first, I'll start by saying, you know, you know, Matt Ryan, Wilson, Jameis, and uh, whether it was Trey Lance or Garoppolo, not none of those guys are really your QB ones. So you don't need to go too hard on streamers this week. But I think the biggest quarterback pickup this week, just because you know it applies to superflex, it might even apply to regulars. And I thought Geno Smith, he looked pretty good uh, on Thursday night. I mean, when Russ went down, I was like okay, this game's over, but you know, Gino mm-hmm. gave them some life. That offense has, you know, even with Chris Carson hurt, they have, they have some good pass catching weapons. You know, Lockett can get deep on anybody after a double move. And DK Metcalf is just a man among boys out there that, that can, that can muscle his way into anything. So Gino is, I mean, he's Gino Smith. You have to get by that. You know, you have a, a connotation with that name and all those bad years with the jets and then and and everything like that but uh but no i think geno smith is the guy just because russ you don't really know how long it's going to be and i'm i would get minimum four weeks right yeah exactly so i was going to say you get four or five weeks here out of a guy like geno smith and uh i mean whereas daniel jones might miss one game possibly not even that due to the concussion uh which is mike lennon starting i agree with you like if you're in a super flex league and i think this is probably the place where it's most relevant. Geno Smith might actually be a guy that I toss a few dollars out on, given that you're likely having a starting quarterback for a month. And and I thought he looked good enough. You, you mentioned the weapons, DK Metcalf, uh, uh, Tyler Lockett. Like that's that matters. Having those two guys, guys mm-hmm. whereas you know, flip to the Giants, it's maybe Kadarius Tony, and that's it. And we don't even know if he's going to be out there, uh, mm-hmm. given he had to go ahead and punch somebody's helmet, which again, stupidest no. thing you could possibly do on the NFL football field. <laughs> it feels like. It doesn't matter. We'll get to those wide receivers yeah. and what the Giants will do in a little bit. I, like from a weapons perspective, I think it's no brainer. Geno Smith might be a guy that in a super flex league, we're going like $20, $25 uh, out of a $100 budget, like a quarter of your budget, given he's starting for a month and might look pretty good. I, I kind of, is that too aggressive to go that, that much? A quarter of your budget on Geno? In a super flex league. In a super flex? No, absolutely. I mean, there's okay. some good running back pickups that are the top guys this week in traditional leagues. But when you look at super flex, if you have that, you know, I've, you know, I did my first, one of my first super flex leagues in a while and it only has 10 teams in it, but I guarantee you someone will be bidding on Geno Smith this week, especially with bye weeks coming around here. Cause very few, uh, you know, everyone's holding at least three quarterbacks, basically every starter, you know, minus a couple at the tail end are, are, are being held. So yeah, no, Geno is fine. And I was looking up his, uh, his upcoming schedule. It's pretty yeah, decent here. Yeah, he's he's at, at Pittsburgh, uh, home mm-hmm. against New Orleans. And that's really the, New Orleans is the only top 10, you know, opposing fantasy defense against quarterbacks until week 16. 
Because then, uh, so he's got New Orleans and then Jacksonville. You know, you should be able to cash that one. Would be a great one. Then the bye week, which might yep. think, make things like you could maybe mm-hmm. have Russell Wilson come back after the bye week against the Packers will be the next yep. matchup there. And you could see the Seahawks saying, "Hey, this could be a pivotal playoff spot, uh, like a seeding mm-hmm. thing." So we might need to have uh, Russell yeah. Wilson out there. But if he's not, Geno Smith is another good play against that Packers defense too. So you're saying. Of the five weeks that he potentially is going to be available as your starter, like four technically, mm-hmm. two of those you could probably say he's a low on quarterback one or close to it. Yeah, yeah, no, that'll be tough. I mean, it'll depend who else is all on by. He'll have to get, you know, that that'll have to be friendly circumstances for him. Yeah. Um, any more you want to talk about Mike Lennon? I mean, like to me, yeah, I mean, all the Rams with mm-hmm. the guys they're missing. I'm I'm not playing Glennon probably even in a super flex league at this point. Yeah, yeah, this is a um yeah, I mean so, some super flex, you know, players are going to have to, but this quarterback portion this week is largely a a quick hitter of bullet points for uh for super flex here. So Mike Glennon, he gets the Rams. It's not good. I mean, how much do we know about Danny Dimes injury right now? Is is it is it a one week thing maybe or I he mean, got carted off and and yeah. that seems to be more serious from from a concussion perspective. But yeah, I mean he got carted off because he was going to fall over. I remember watching that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, looked I like don't he think we know much more than a concussion. Up. You know. Yeah, so it's a concussion. Yeah, probably one week. Then I don't, I can't remember. You know, I'm racking my brain to see if he got any concussions last year. So I don't know if it's a history necessarily this is a one week thing and it's not a great one week thing. Um, I know pain in our free agent article that's coming. Or is up by the time we're streaming this. He likes uh, he likes Big Ben against the Seahawks this week. You know he's a low rostered guy. Granted, Big Ben hasn't necessarily passed the eye test um, because he's. I mean, okay. So the, the knock is that he can't really throw a deep ball, but he got it out there to Deontay Johnson this he, week. Back to back weeks, right? It was basically the same play against the Packers, and then this past week as well too. Uh, exactly the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean Seattle. Pass defense hasn't really, I mean, Not Seattle defense yeah. in general hasn't defended against anything this week. So I could buy Big Ben, I guess. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, we look ahead for your deep super flex leagues, you know, that we got to have, we we will definitely cover you here. Um, doesn't look like Tyrod Taylor will be back in week six, but maybe week seven here. I don't know how much of that Texans offense you want to get invested in, but Tyrod Taylor is better than starting a non quarterback in your super flex spot. And then of course, San Francisco on a bye this week, Trey Lance sprained his knee. I mean, how sure are we Trey Lance is going to come right. back? And does Jimmy Garoppolo with his calf injury possibly have a better shot to keep, to come back week seven against the Colts here who, uh, you know, the Colts got, of course, got off to that fast start on Monday night, but were torched on the stretch. So just a couple bullet points, quick hitters in the quarterback department that maybe we want to. So I at. actually wanted to spend a little time on the Tyrod Taylor thing. Cause I think if you are in deeper leagues, that might be interesting. Obviously he looked pretty good with the Texans to begin the season. Like I think he was quarterback 12 or 13 for those first two or three weeks from mm-hmm. a face perspective. The Texans are obviously going nowhere. This, this season is lost. It was lost when they started the year. They, they are a triple A franchise at this point. Davis Mills did not look bad against the Patriots this past week. Could you see Davis Mills actually just continuing to start because the Texans really have no other reason not to? I mean, it's not like I almost wonder if they trade Tyrod Taylor to, let's say, the Dolphins, if two is struggling still to come back from his injury reserve stint, which should be as soon as this week. Like, there, he, I mean, Tyrod's a clear. Why don't they just trade Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a different question. All and yep. we know we can't. I mean, we can try to grapple. Yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, but... Miami can take a press hit for one year and then go back to their guy Tua afterwards. He's getting they? put on the exempt list as soon as that trade would happen. Like I, I think the NFL, this is blackball two situation, and yeah. possibly for a better reason than blackball and cop the Callan Kaepernick too. Like I don't, I don't want to go any further in that route. Like I just think it's oh, possible. It's not even that, a comparison. 
the Texans yeah. could trade Tyrod Taylor to somebody else because, again, their season's going nowhere. I almost wonder if Davis Mills is your starter for the rest of the year. Might be something they consider. Hey, Texans are one and four, man. They could turn this ship around. I guarantee sure. you that's what they think inside of oh, that. Oh, good. Another one against Jacksonville, room. and that's about yeah. it, right? Yeah. I mean, as long, whoever keeps feeding Brandon Cooks, I know Brandon Cooks had a pretty bad week, but uh, he prior to this week, I mean, the first four weeks of the year, he had been a pretty consistent fantasy guy despite playing on a horrific team. So that's probably enough Texans talk for today. We can I, probably head to running backs. I agree. Well, before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo. The new NFL season's finally here on Yahoo. Is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this by saying free or typing in free $10 contest entry credit to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has $1 million DFS football contest live at the moment. The $1 million contest contest features 1 million, obviously in total prizes, including first place receiving 100 K and an entry to the first ever Yahoo fantasy football championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM national Harbor, Maryland, this December play daily fantasy football on Yahoo. This season visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer and get started. Okay, so you have mentioned running backs. Like, there are some top-heavy options this past week. We had discussed Damian Williams, Kenny Gamewell, Latavius Murray, uh, P. Mm -hmm. Ryan, Collins. And it ended up being that P. Ryan and Alex Collins were a little bit fancy relevant, but we didn't have... Yeah, the information available at the time for the podcast. Exactly. Really yeah, I mean, deeper on those. I mean, I'm, I'm going to start trying to take shots like that. Where like, you know, we have to do yeah, waivers on Tuesday athletes, night. Yeah. Yeah. Be, I mean, that's what we did with Madison. I was like, oh, Delvin Cook didn't mm -hmm. practice this morning. He's got an ankle injury. I wonder what will happen. Anyone that grabbed Madison then is sitting pretty, especially after last week, too. We might get a few Madison weeks. Obviously, Damian Williams, he did well. We'll talk about him, you know, in, in a second. But I think the first and top guy that you have to look at this week is Daryl Williams from Kansas City. Now, I know the Chiefs, uh, you know, people are ready to, oh, down year for the Chiefs. You know, what's wrong with Mahomes? You know, junk overreaction man that this offense is the best offense in the league uh without a doubt i know people, some people might say arizona um and they're gonna get there but uh kansas city's a little banged up right now we might even talk about that in the wide receivers but with clyde edwards alaire he's week to week with a sprained mcl probably at least one week i would say multiple weeks likely he was carted off the field could kind of walk a little bit here uh so i think daryl williams is your guy and um him over Derek McKinnon, if you're looking at this team, uh, for sure. I mean, Daryl Williams, you know, let's see. He was the snapshot leader and, you know, second in carries. He also got five targets, which is very interesting. There might be more targets available. I know Tyree Kill's a little bit banged up. Travis Kelsey's a little bit banged up. I, I don't know if we know or think they're going to miss any time yet, but there might be some targets available, and he's going to be the lead back. Now, Jarek McKinnon is around, might get a couple more carries than normal, but, you know, he just got one carry in that game, and, he was so the story was, yeah, Edwards Hilaire injured his knee midway through the third quarter, but uh, Daryl Williams still led the snap count, the snap share almost not quite double Edwards Hilaire, but no, I mean, he's the guy. I, he has been, you know, mildly successful in the past, but really it's more opportunity and circumstance for me uh, getting a chance to contribute in this high octane offense. So I think he has to be the top pick up this week. Yeah, I'll definitely contest the fact that the Chiefs are the best offense in the league, but they are one of the best, and I think that's important. Our guy Mario Puig will say Daryl Williams is a fullback, and there's no reason why the Chiefs should be using, utilizing the way they are. But the point of the matter is they are, and the five targets are important. Williams is already catching as many passes as Edwards Hilaire was to begin the season when they were both healthy. So now with Daryl Williams as the guy and likely getting as many of the pass-catching opportunities as he does, 
Mm-hmm. This is going to be a situation where I think he has a lot of utility in the same way Brandon Bolden might um, with Damian Harris banged up and James White out. Like I think Daryl Williams mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis can be a low-end running back too in PPR formats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the I was I was searching through Jerry's backfield breakdown for the stats that I was looking at. After Edwards Hilaire's exit, Williams played 77% of the snaps, got two carries and four targets. Of course, some of that is you know game script dependent because they were down big to the Bills here uh, on Sunday night. And then McKinnon only played 23% of snaps with no carries and one target. So even when they were in catch-up mode and well behind, it was Daryl Williams on the field and he was catching passes when normally you would think that would be the McKinnon role. So that leads me to believe that, uh, you know, whether or not they're using him correctly, you know, I, I don't want to get into that too much, but uh, I think he is, no, he, he, he's the guy there. And now Derek Gore's on the practice squad. I don't know necessarily if he's someone that he's even worth looking at right now. You know, you put a tiny bit on, if you're in a super deep league, you can maybe put a small bit on McKinnon, but you know, Williams is a guy that I think goes in the 15 to 20% of your fat budget range. So if you're in a super flex league, are you bidding more on Damian Williams or are you bidding more on Geno Smith? Um, I Well, I'll take my super flex league right now. Yeah, I'm very settled at the quarterback position, so I'm bidding more on Damian Williams and I'm doing – Damian, I mean, uh, Daryl, Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, he, he from last week. Too many. You were also and, and there's, a, there's another Damian Harris to throw in there. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, uh, no, Daryl, Daryl Williams. I'll, I'll remember. Uh, okay. But no, he, he would be my top bid in, in my personal situation, but it depends. I mean, if you have, uh, if you were counting it, I don't know if you were in one of those situations where you thought, okay, I'll take Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And one of them will, will turn out to be okay and viable. Then in that case, I'm bidding a ton on Gino. But if, uh, you know, in, in my personal situation, I've got Herbert and Hertz and Sam Darnold. So there's no need to bid on a third quarterback at, at this or a fourth quarterback at this point, even in a keep modest bid because the roster mm. size is too limited for me to carry a fourth quarterback for any reason. And that's Unless a 10 start- team one, right? Yeah, it's only a 10 team one. So. so I like I actually think in a 12 team or 14, I'm in a few of these. Geno Smith might be a little bit more of a bid for me. And I don't even know if I need quarterbacks. It is more of a keep an honest bid. Uh, Cause I know others will. And that's such an important part in Superflex. Let's just play this out for standard though. Like, or, you know, PPR, whatever, just normal situations. Let's add now Devonte Booker to this mix because De- Saquon Barkley looks like he's going to be out for at least a week. Obviously have that nasty ankle sprain. I think they try to define it as a you know, low one. Cause everyone's scared about those high ankle sc- sprains, but it was mm-hmm. ballooned pretty large. And obviously two to three weeks as possible, almost guaranteed to be out this next week. Again, tough matchup against the Rams. If you were to say Devontae Booker only plays one week, even as the starter, it's a difficult situation to go ahead against that Rams defense, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you there, but I think this will probably be a multi-week utility. But here's the other thing. After the Rams this week, in week seven, they get the Panthers, who are ranked number two against opposing running backs. Now, granted, that yeah. was boosted by facing a Philly team that doesn't use the running backs at all for some weird reason. But then, I mean, then after that, you know, if, if it extends to three or four weeks, he's got the Chiefs and the Raiders before they're by. So that would be, you know, a very good situation. But um, I would say... If you took the players head-to-head skill-wise, I'd give Devontae Booker the edge over Darrell Williams. Oh, for but sure. I think the opportunity, the other factor that, of course, we always have to look into when making these types of fantasy decisions, the opportunity is uh, is is undeniable uh, you know, for, for Williams at this mm-hmm. point. But the opportunity for Booker isn't necessarily bad either because they don't have uh, you know, a whole lot of options. I mean, after Barkley went down, Bookley, Booker played every single 
tailback snap. The only other tailback, traditional tailback on their roster is rookie Gary Brightwell, who plays special teams. And then, of course, you go to uh, the only other player that got a carry was fullback Elijah Penny. Now, I don't think they're going to Kyle Juszczyk this whole offense. So it's Devontae Booker. He's got the best, uh, you know, he's got some of the best skill and opportunity. But the length of time, what I'm saying, what I should have been trying to say and make that clear earlier, the length of time where we can expect utility is most likely less with Booker. So that's the only reason he comes in number two. But if you're only covering a a week, you know, a week six buy, like you got to cover Kamara right. this week, for example. Yeah, then maybe you go ahead and throw Booker in there, even with the tough matchup. Okay, so really what I, what we're kind of getting at here is, Booker is likely going to have more of the opportunities, even with Daryl Williams in a great situation with that Kansas City offense. Mm-hmm. Booker almost by default has more of the opportunities. It's just the matchup's going to stink, and he might only have utility for one week, if not more, mm-hmm. two. Whereas yep. Daryl Williams, week-to-week situation with Clyro Tillaire, might split the time with whoever the Chiefs call up. Obviously, Kelsey and maybe Tyreek Hill, huge focal points that yeah, offense that Daryl Williams doesn't have as much. You're you're still saying I'll side with Daryl Williams, A, because great offense, B, because mm-hmm. he's likely going to have more opportunities down the road. Yeah, yeah. Center, the the right? longevity of the Daryl Williams Perfect pickup word. will help you a little bit more. That's why I'm going a couple extra dollars on him. I wouldn't be disappointed with Booker as a consolation prize. And like I said, if you pin the two of them up next to each other, Williams and Booker, I would say Booker's probably the better player overall, but the window isn't quite as long. And the, for the length of that window, he has a tough matchup. So that's why he gets number two. I mean, hey, both are viable pickups this week. I can't fault you for going both for going either of them, but you know, I rank one ahead just because of the length. But I'm starting to think now in my Kamara league where I only need one week, eh, maybe I'll go Booker instead. I'm still going Williams. I mean, just I thought this is a good conversation. And for a lot of people, especially with like the New York market and everything else, it's gonna be driving interest, maybe to Devontae Booker more so. I get worried about the Rams match, but get worried about who's playing quarterback for the Giants to get worried about who's catching passes. I think that's gonna be a brutal game. And even if you're talking about 95% of the workload. What does that translate to when you're struggling as much as you will against the Rams? Mm-hmm. That's my only concern, uh, and certainly be a conversation many many fancy managers have to make for their lineups. We talked a lot about Khalil Herbert moving on to a few of these other names last week as a guy that said, hey, just in case you want to throw a couple extra dollars uh, and Damian Williams isn't the guy for the Bears, Herbert might not be too bad. In fact, and being a critical part of the Bears' surprising win uh, this past week, 18 carries compared to 16 for Williams. I thought Herbert looked pretty good in the workload too. Although it seemed to be more Damian Williams in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all thing, all other things equal. I still think Williams is the back to own. Uh, you know, in the meantime, but Herbert cut into that workload a meaningful amount, definitely more than either of us could have expected here. Um, you know, of course, you mentioned the carry count. Uh, he got 18 compared to 16 for Williams, but there are a few other things that were were positive here. Developments. Herbert was used early in the game. Um, he also, when it was all said and done. He led the overall snap share, 53% to 48% for Williams. And um, so let me, uh, quarter-wise, again, I'm taking this from Jerry's Backfield Breakdown, phenomenal article on RotoWire. Williams played 85% of snaps in the first quarter, but the second half was, uh, you know, more heavily leaned towards Herbert, you know, taking 68% of the snaps in the last two quarters. So I don't, I'm not saying that there's a changing of the guard, but, uh, and of course, Williams has the better fantasy day because I believe he was the one that scored, but um Again, do you do you confidently start two backs in this bear offense? Going to depend on the matchup quite a bit here because the well, I mean, matchup is the Packers. So let's add that to the equation now too, because we know mm-hmm. the Packers defense has been a little bit suspect. Both P Ryan and Joe Mixon looked pretty good as well. Um, we know that passing game 
potentially could be there, but it is Justin Fields now as your starter for Chicago. So maybe less of an emphasis on that, which I think means more Herbert, more Damian Williams, and certainly Justin mm-hmm. Fields going Colin Kaepernick on us and running wild. Um, I, I think this week you could actually convince me with four teams on by that Herbert might be a low end running back two or flex play that you can get by and get 10, 10 points from or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he seems, you know, we kind of, we, we gave him the profile last week. I mean, some of the advanced metrics, they, they look all right, you know, as far as broken tackles, yards after contact, all of those are showing up as above average on our site here. So, you know, that's a good sign. The only downside with Herbert is there's pretty much no, it's limited to no utility in PPR formats because he wasn't targeted a single time. So he wasn't even a factor like at all in the passing game. So that's the one downside of, you know, what was otherwise very positive usage here. So, you know, j- just something to keep in mind. Real quick uh, question since we're right talking about the Packers, Bears, Brad Montgomery asks, should he throw uh, or should we get rid of Allen Robinson at this point? Or is this the week we can finally expect production out of him, given the Packers and their secondary? I know it's not necessarily a waiver question, but again, I'll, I'll go back to the fact that I think Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams get a lot of workload because theoretically that bears offense hasn't been passing a lot, but if they do, this is the week to do so against Kevin King, who is one of the more miserable cornerbacks in the entire NFL. Yeah. I actually, you know, in hopes of, you know, stirring up some spicy discussion here, I put Alan Robin on Robinson on my cut list mm, for the okay. wide receivers. Um, granted, I know saying something bold like that has the extreme potential to come back and bite me in the ass. But, uh, you know, I was, I was just thinking about the 10 team league I had for perspective. You know, I, I like to try to be in all types. Of course, I know 10 team leagues, isn't the strongest is the deepest, not the most challenging, but it gives me, but I know some people out there are in 10 team leagues. And if I was in 10 team, I'd think about it. I don't know. There's just, there's no usage. He's getting out targeted like crazy by Darnell Mooney and it's not a great offense. So, um, whatever's happening there is a bit of a mystery to me. Maybe you can hold out for one more week. But you're holding out one. If you're holding out one more week, you're putting him on your bench because how has anything that you've seen from him so far made you anywhere near confident enough to start the guy? I think you're playing him this week if you have him. And my thought is he's going to do well, and then you're going to trade him. And if he doesn't do well, it's a cut. So to me, it's a win-win. You play him this week. Uh, I, hopefully, he's essentially a wide receiver three. And at that point, if he still struggles, if the, if he just does not work, cut him. Whatever else, trade him for anything you can. Um, but I really believe it's not necessarily going to be a Darnell Mooney game. Cole Komet might do mm-hmm. enough. It's going to be Allen Robinson on the 18 times Justin Fields yeah. throws it, and that's going to be enough. Yeah, that's, so you, I just want to take a look at Robinson's upcoming schedule here, and you know I'm going standard format. The Packers, we've got in standard formats, we've got him number 10 against opposing wide receivers. But granted, that was built up with Jair Alexander around, and we don't know if he's going to play. And then he's got, and then he's got Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh all three of which are, you know, 19 or below. So there's a nice string of matchups coming if you have faithful, if you have any kind of faith in Allen Robinson. I mean, he was facing much better defenses over the first uh, over the first part of the year. So I know we're kind of going out, out of order here, but... It, it was just, just because we stuck with the Packers-Bears. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Let's let's circle it back, though. One last running back to talk about, Ramondre Stevenson, 7% roster on both Yahoo and ESPN. Obviously, Damian Harris has the chest and rib injuries. He lost a fumble at the goal line again. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, Ramondre Stevenson fills the Damien Harris void, but I still think we need to recognize the Brandon Bolden role, mm-hmm. which is filling James White and Bolden did have enough, uh, did have most of the stuff. Yeah. So well, the what's key, your take overall? On the this? key thing is that Bolden is not James White and he never will be James White. He let, he led the snap share, but leading the snap share there was only 37.5%. And what did he do with that? Two carries, four targets, you know, nothing, 
nothing too crazy there. I mean, Stevenson was second at 34.4%. This is a spec ad for a deeper league. I'm not saying you can necessarily pick up Stevenson and start him right away. And it would be uncharacteristic of Bill Belichick to give a rookie that this kind of usage early. But I think injuries might force his hand and he's becoming a player that, you know, you consider. And the last running back I wanted to touch on here, um, maybe we need to consider a speculative ad on Jeff Wilson hmm. of the 49ers. Yeah. Given how... Let me let me get this backfield up because he should Trey be Sermon. Or he should be available to play after this team the bye week here, and then we yep. have Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon doing complicating stuff with that. I think it was Mitchell this past week that more or less took over the starter workload once again with him. Trey being Sermon healthy. was on the field for three point one percent of snaps and had one carry. I mean, this Drop. is uh, this is borderline. I mean, obviously you got to hang on to him in dynasty, hold out a little while longer, but he's definitely possibly making the drop list too. Yet Elijah Mitchell, 67.7% of snaps. And of course the fullback is out there a ton as well. Um, but yes, yeah, Sermon played two snaps. How can you roster a guy that is not getting that kind of playing time, despite the fact that this team has been so injured and so banged up. So um, with Jeff Wilson that- coming back to you, I think that's the critical part because you imagine mm-hmm. Wilson, given his familiarity in the offense and what he's done previously in these type of situations, they are going to have some role for him, and I would not be surprised whatsoever if he's splitting time 50-50 with Mitchell, if not favoring Wilson even more, especially in the red zone. I'm not dropping Mitchell, but I definitely would be considering picking up Wilson, and I think by this point, Trey Sermon is a drop uh, because I don't think he's going to be anywhere in a point unless injuries occur to multiple people to be the main back for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got some other drops if you want to talk about those guys. Um, I mean, Go ahead, know, Mel- Mel- Malcolm Brown is kind of in that territory Cut, now. He was fringe. Uh, Ty Johnson and Ty Montgomery, both those guys are gone, especially, uh, you know, Saints coming up on by here. Kenyon Drake, time for him to go? Yep, I'm done with that too. Um, uh, there's, yep. I mean, if it's Peyton Barber that's getting the carries after Josh Jacobs, there's no reason to have Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. anymore on your team. He's cut for me too. Yeah, and then the spiciest one maybe that I'm thinking about now, of course, probably not in my 14 teamer, but Devin Singletary. Yeah, I'm holding out the faith. I think on that one, that offense. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills' offense is one of the best in the league. I think they're better than the Chiefs. We saw it this past Sunday night, and there's going to be opportunities for both Singletary and Moss. I know Moss has been getting more workload, and he has done considerably more importantly better from a pass catching perspective. It's undeniable at this point. I was trying to fight with Mario on that, you know, in earlier weeks on SiriusXM. Clearly not the case anymore, but Singletary still has a role in an offense that's really good, and I think that matters to me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the problem for me is Zach Moss is getting three-quarters of the snaps, and he's getting the goal line work here. And Josh Allen doesn't really like throwing to running backs here. So as excited as I was about rostering Singletary once I found Moss was in active week one, which is never fully explained, by the way. Um, that's true. I, yeah. I think the guard has changed back over here. Maybe you could do a holding pattern. In my 14-team league, sure, I'd be keeping, I'll, I'll keep him. And, you know, there'll probably be some running back situations where I need, where I'll need to turn to him over the next couple of weeks and, you know, just hope for five, six points, hope for the best. And if I had him in my 10 team league, he'd be gone already. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, stop to get a word from sponsors, Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com all right, we're back. So moving over to the wide receivers, we had recommended LaVisca Chenault, which turned out to be a complete dud. I have no idea what Jacksonville's doing. Um, at this point, I'm getting frustrated with anything when it comes to their usage. I know Marvin Jones got a little bit of work, but I was recommending yeah. LaVisca Chenault as the guy. And mm-hmm. right, I mean, he, he didn't do I anything. Mean, this I started Chenault over Michael Pittman because it just seemed easy. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely. But uh, of course, that didn't work. Fortunately, I still hung on in that matchup here. Um, for you i'm not necessarily I mean, giving up on on Chanel. i'm not either I mean, i'm just annoyed that's that's more or less yeah basically i mean i love the guy's draft profile and uh i still think that there is upside to be had here that hasn't been achieved yet so let's hold out a couple more weeks i'm not immediately cutting him for any reason yeah we had also mentioned guys like jameson crowder um uh, as well as like uh, curtis samuel who I think was active, but had more injury issues. Darnell Mooney. We had also been talking about Rashad Bateman. He still has not played. I think this is the final week because he's now been active for three weeks where he's eligible to come off injured reserve. If he doesn't this next week, he's done for the season. So just keep that in mind. I think Rashad Bateman has a lot of talent. We saw that passing game kind of started to ignite. Does have a good match against the Chargers, or sorry, difficult match against the Chargers this next week. And then the Bengals before bye. So I don't know. It'll be kind of curious to see what the Ravens do with their pass catchers. I know, uh, Miles Boykins in the same boat. Let's move on to these fridge guys. And we, we had seen already a couple of questions about this, so we'll focus on it. Kadarius Tony, if he is not suspended, is likely one of the top pickups, I think, overall this week. Is that fair to say? I, I think uh I think we're pretty safe on him not being suspended at this okay. point. The bigger concern is actually um 
is actually a foot slash ankle injury, which makes his status a little bit uncertain for week six here. So um, it doesn't, it sounds like it's not going to be season in ending, but the fact that that phrase was even in the quote no is kidding, a little yeah. bit concerning here. You know, the rookie receiver status against the Rams is uncertain, um, but you know, hopefully we get positive developments. Hopefully you can get at least a limited practice in because this whole wide receiving core is super banged up. Obviously he's he was carted the to the locker room. I didn't even catch that either. That, yeah. that cart got a lot of work for the Giants mm-hmm. this past week. Yes. Yeah. It was basically just going back and forth. It was like landmines out there. But, um, but no, I mean, Tony looks awesome. And it's almost too easy to make the Odell Odell Beckham comparison, isn't it? Right? They're both 5'11. Tony's 193. Beckham's 198. Um, you know, SEC guys, first round, first round picks for both of them. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. first round picks for both of them. Um, so Tony has the the draft profile and the skills to uh, succeed in this league, and he certainly looked pretty good uh, in the breakout game here. Now, if you're picking him up, though, you kind of have to think of down the road, right? Especially with all this injury situation, you don't know what you're going to get from him, and even if he does have to go up against Ramsey and the Rams. So that's the only thing that's giving me caution, but... If you have your starting lineup set despite all the bye weeks this week and are good to go, go ahead. Use a bench spot on him. You know, he's got a lot more upside than, you know, your your Cole Beasley type. So I always go back to the Cole Beasley line. Even, yeah. even Maybe even your Hunter, Hunter, Renfro, yeah. Hunter Renfro types, those guys that are always just going to be average producers here. And if you, if you don't need someone to start immediately, I definitely love the idea of uh, picking up Tony. Yeah, it's frustrating. This is the, the perils of doing a Tuesday podcast because if we knew more – about what this injury is, the fact that Joe Judge, Judge would even say it's not anything significant in terms of season ending is causing me way more concern than it should. If he, it was just a normal ankle injury, he might miss a week or two, fine. But using those words, it's not season ending, but it, you know, it's something mm-hmm. bothers me. Um, and I think he's firmly below Geno Smith in a super flex, uh, firmly probably below both Devontae Booker and Darrell Williams. That being said, mm-hmm. Tony is an incredible talent from what we've seen thus far. You talk about a breakout game this past week, I guess, but he also had six catches for 78 yards in the past mm-hmm. against the Saints when he really got a lot of workload. I thought that was his breakout mm-hmm. game. He is yeah. he's by no means like the, the body type of Odell is obviously the same, but they are completely different players in the sense that Tony is one of the more difficult tackles in the entire NFL. And, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be pretty darn good. And this yeah. is going to matter more when we get an idea of how long Canaries, I'm sorry, how long uh, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, and a few like uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sterling Shepard too. Like that whole receiving core of the Giants is banged up, and I think in part Tony was able to do as well as he was because those guys were injured. I I think it's going to be a matter of he can't put the bottle or he can't put the cap back on the bottle. Mm-hmm. Tony is going to be used more. Exactly. But when everyone's healthy, how much more is the question mark? And I think that kind of makes me yeah. a little bit uneasy as a guy spending maybe 20% of my budget. I'll, I'll do a, mm-hmm. what you'd say, keep him honest bid for like 10 to 15% of my budget. Oh yeah. I was, I was even going to suggest, I was going to suggest like three to six given oh, this okay. injury situation, right. but maybe that's not going to sure. get you in. It depends on, again, it depends on what your whole roster construct situation is, but uh, Kenny Galladay hyperextended his knee and Slayton and, and Shepard are both banged up too. I mean, granted, of course the quarterback's banged up as well. But uh, if he can get any kind of favorable situation, it's almost equivalent to Kyle Pitts in Atlanta last week in London, or I should say in London, when everybody else was gone. So this was the guy that was up. But the guy that was up happens to be a super talented guy that was previously being underutilized. Mm-hmm. So uh, so he's definitely a player that is – he would go way higher on my rest-of-season pickup rankings than he would 
on you know in a week six alone pickup rankings. Real quick, we had a question uh, asked about this in the comment section. Would you drop Ayuk for Tony? To me, this is a no-brainer. Yes, I'm I'm taking Tony, but I'm curious your opinion. Man, I've got such an attachment to Ayuk, but I think it's finally time I let it go, especially with the buy coming up. Um, I might think about you know I might wait around for people to cut him and actually be snagging him uh, week seven because he's got good matchups against the Colts, Bears, and Cardinals uh, right after the bye week. And, you know, I'm keeping an eye on that. But for now, I think you could make – the volume's not there for for him in the San Francisco. The snaps okay. aren't there. The targets aren't there. And the quarterback play isn't there. And, uh, you know, I think you could say Tony. You can make an argument Tony has better upside rest of the season. So, yeah, I'd say go ahead and make that move. I, I would too. Let's – um kind of quick hit a few of these wide receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones had his breakout game against the Chargers. I think it was more of a blown coverage on at least one of those touchdowns, but obviously mm-hmm. tons of points on the board. We have James Washington that might be relevant now with Juju Schuster out for the year. And Michael Harbin, who sits close to our 50% threshold on Yahoo uh, in terms of availability, he might have to step up with Tyree Kill possibly mm-hmm. injured, and we don't know what his stats will be. Even Travis Kelsey got banged up by the end of that semi contest too. So all three of those guys, what's kind of your thought process for each one of them? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you have to look to Hardman first, right? The eternal sleeper who hasn't ever really uh, – <laughs> who hasn't ever really, you know, cashed it in. He's never woken he's up. Still, he's a best ball player at, at at best, you know, at this point so far yeah. in his career because you can never really throw him out there week to week, you know, unless – you know, it's always one of those situations. If someone hands me their phone with their team and I look at it, well, you're projected to lose by 20 points. Might as well toss Hardman in there and hope he has one of his good weeks. Otherwise, you're going to lose by 30 points. So um, that's how it always is. But no, uh, Travis Kelsey suffered a stinger. Um, it does not sound like he'll be listed on the injury report for week six. So really? that's interesting. Okay. At least that's what we have in our uh, in our in our in our player, in our latest player update, it sure. was quote, a little bit of a stinger. So, you know, you're watching that around them and I don't think Hill's going to be out. Hill's injuries probably. Yeah. Shepard even practice, said something that he's not going to miss time. Yeah. It's not going to be enough for him to miss time, but um, I mean, you just, your general, well, and then you got Josh Gordon coming around in there and coming up the works. He got one target this week on a very, very limited snap count. So um, it, it, it's a mess, but Hardman is always going to be in play in this segment. There's just not a whole, whole lot to like on this list because James Washington, sure. He could be okay with Juju out or they yeah, could just, that's the one I want to talk more because yeah, well, I'll okay, follow up because Donovan people, Jones had five catches, 70 yards this past mm-hmm. week with the chargers 42. That came on a broken play. I don't care about him. He's not a huge pickup option for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's more because you thought Odell Beckham has been struggling. Well, it's really more that Baker Mayfield has been miserably bad targeting mm-hmm. him. There's at least two instances yeah. of that game where he was wide open, just completely missed him. Don't mm-hmm. pick up Donovan people, Jones, unless you're yeah. in super deep I, leagues. I believe in people's Jones as an athlete and think there will be. That's years your big 10 bias P- talking. Yeah. Where he's PPR fantasy relevant. Yeah, I know. I watched him, you know, do, do a lot of things for Michigan uh, back in the day. But the only other, the other thing with that is uh, Jarvis Landry's probably coming back soon. He's uncertain for week six. Now that I'm looking it up. Um, but you know he's running out there running Monday. Uh, is he's got that MCL sprain too? So you know same thing as Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I guess. But of course, different players, different bodies, all that, all that sorts. So um, one of these days, Peoples Jones will be around. I, I, this might not even be the last time we mention him on the show. But for now, your pickups are definitely Tony Hardman if you're in a shallower league. And uh, I want to hear you make your case for James Washington. Yeah, I like James Washington more so than Hardman, especially knowing Tyreek Hill is going to be fine. 
Um, I think Hardman's been too much of a disappointment, and you certainly cannot play Hardman. Whereas I think in deeper leagues, we have mentioned the Hunter Renfro's of the world. I think James Washington clearly fits in that category. The Steelers stink. They are not a good football team, and I don't care that they ended up beating the Broncos this past week. If Roethlisberger is a play like Kevin Payne suggested in his article, then James Washington by default has to be that guy. It cannot mm-hmm. be Deontay Johnson getting 20 targets. It cannot be Najee Oh, Harris it could be. It sure could be. If they want to win, it can't be. And they I think can target good. Deontay Johnson 20 times. I know you would love all. that for all your teams, but they mm-hmm. can't do that. And I think there's going to be – I'm just saying they could. I'm, I'm not saying they won't. I, they shouldn't do it maybe. But it's not impossible. It's not. Are you done trying to pump Deontay Johnson for your teams? Are you done yet? No, I'm going to victory lap on that all year. He's my dude. Okay. I think James Washington is going to have a volume that will almost guarantee something like six to eight points in the PPR perspective. That might not be a lot to you, but I I, I don't know. Maybe this is just anecdotal, but in le- in games or weeks, I should say, where there's a ton of fantasy points that are all around in every game, it felt like the next week always feels like it's a little bit slower a little bit less points, whatever the reason. And I think James Washington can almost give you a floor that you feel, feel safe with in a flex. I like him among the wide receivers mm-hmm. better than any of the guys besides Kadarius Tony that we've already mentioned. That's how much I'm, I'm on board with the floor that Washington gives you with Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Again, out for the year. That matters to me when, when yeah. Roethlisberger has to pass 45 times a game. Mm-hmm. Okay, but just don't forget, everybody, that Washington's banged up, too. He popped up on the practice report last week with a groin injury and did not play at all against the Broncos. So do you share that same enthusiasm for Ray-Ray McLeod? No, not. Exactly. I think Ray-Ray McLeod is more of a special teams guy, uh, and that, that's more along the same lines. I think if if they had to get down to Ray-Ray McLeod, they would be picking up a wide receiver instead. So yeah, uh, just enough. mention that. Like, Yes, um, Julia, Deontay is a stud. Thank you. <laughs> Let's the the possible repeats that you have in there. Not not worth really mentioning much more. I think at least given our time constraints. Yeah, we can probably move. And on. We had talked about Allen Robinson as a cut too. I think Brandon Ayuk is that mm-hmm. at that point as well. We Someone did pop Jalen Waddle as a cut. Yes. Oh yeah, here yeah. We go. I just was gonna pull up that Jalen Waddle a bencher drop. He can't even get targets with Preston Williams last week's. That's because Jacoby Brissett is not an NFL quarterback. He looks like <laughs> Scott Tolzien of the Badgers. And if you are a any a college ball fan, that's like. 10 throws for 50 yards in a win by the Badgers when they won seven to three. That's Scott Tolzien. That's Jacoby Brissett. I think that Jalen Watt will be fine when mm-hmm. Tua is playing. And that should be soon, should be soon, I think is an important uh, context. So I'm benching Waddle, obviously, uh, while Brissett is your starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that's the point where I think uh, I would feel confident enough. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to double check the distribution there. And Waddle has been in the top two in snap share percentage in every week this season and he saw the most snaps of any wide receiver this week now granted it didn't translate to production and he'll probably get dinged a bit by Devontae parker who i still have some faith in but uh i wouldn't go as far as to drop him yet but definitely a bench all right let's move over to the tight ends real quick last week we discussed hunter henry big w for us uh although i was not among the guys that was suggesting hunter henry so i guess big w for you jake for putting the outline together and pushing Hunter Henry. Uh, we also had Dawson Knox once again kind of emerge and have a pretty good game. And then yep. Max Williams um, doing his stuff. The, the Brate Howard thing has been frustrating with Gronk as well, too. I don't know. Any, any like, anyone do a victory lap on Hunter Henry or Dawson Knox? Because you should more than likely be able to. Yeah, no. Um, I, I mean, Hunter Henry, we, we knew what he was. We knew what kind of athlete, what kind of hands he, he had. And it just seemed like he was being underutilized. And he seemed to really leap Jonu Smith this week, obviously, in terms of the production. And uh, he'll be a guy that you might be able to count on a little bit rest of the season. So uh, big games like this are, are of course, going to be key. Hopefully there's a few more of them out there. But, you know, as far as guys, I don't know, even, even know what his ownership is anymore. I, I have to take a peek. 
Yeah, guys that aren't going to do any favors. Max Williams, who we talked about last week, season-ending in- injury likely yep. on tap for him. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see who emerges because the tight end role has had some utility for the Cardinals, and that might be one of the best offenses. But the names, Daryl Daniels, Dimitri Harris, that UW-Marquette guy, we, we can talk about Dimitri Harris a little bit. Ross mm-hmm. Travis, none, none of them really step up to me. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. Uh, we did have Dan Arnold, though, uh, have a team-high team high eight targets in their win. I do like Dan Arnold a little bit. We had talked about him uh, when that trade had happened with Tommy Tremble. I don't know. I'm not really starting Dan Arnold, but I think I'll pick him up. Like mm-hmm. in the NFFC, when it's deeper rosters, I have Arnold roster just put everywhere um, because it was pretty cheap, but I'm not really eager to play Arnold. So it's Yeah, of- I'm not really excited about much of that team. Um, and I was just kind of looking through here. Dawson Knox is up to 79% rostered. Hunter Henry's still only at 47. So I guess if you had to pick a top guy under 50%, Hunter Henry would be the guy to go back to this week. Yeah, I, I think so. I like you, you talk about the Patriots tight ends. I'm dropping John Smith just about everywhere too. I'm, I'm done with this three catches, 36 yards nonsense. There's there's no need for me. David Njoku had an awesome game this past week too. I'm not sure if he qualified for their thresholds, but once again, broken defenses made the big plays on that one. I think he had like 130 yards and two touchdowns, eight catches, something yeah. like that. He, I mean, Njoku is only 3% rostered. And okay. uh, again, some of those targets are going to dry up when Landry comes back. Uh, so I, I'd watch out for that. But as as for one more short, short-term kind of fix, uh, I mean, again, you're chasing the box score from his career best day mm-hmm. from a, just an, the best possible game flow that, that one can imagine. So keep that in mind. And, ooh, boy, Njoku, the next two weeks uh, in standard formats, week six, he's got the Cardinals who are number one against tight ends. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he's got the Broncos who are number two against tight ends. The next five weeks, he's Najoku is facing a top ten defense against the opposing tight ends. So, not excited about that. Brad Montgomery does have a question. He has Noah Fant and Dalton Schultz. Would you trade Dalton Schultz and Leonard Fournette for Jonathan Taylor? This is a no-brainer slam yes. dunk to me. Yes. Yeah, I would gladly. I'll do give you permission to turn this off. Go make that trade right now. Get Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I, 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 and it's not even like Jonathan Taylor has been that good. Obviously, he was this past week. It's more like I don't think Leonard Fournette or Dalton Schultz are, are really that real, and I think Jonathan Taylor can be. Mm-hmm. So, yes, unequivocally, he had mentioned that. I mean, you're trading two bench players for like a top 10 running back for an yeah, RB1. I would imagine yeah. Fournette starting from, but yes. And, and he mentioned Njoku and Ali Cox are on waivers. Mm-hmm. Don't pick up either of those. Uh, it does not matter to me. Noah Fant, and you love Noah Fant. He'll be yes. good enough as a starter, I think, most weeks mm-hmm. to get you by. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor certainly is the advantage there. Julia had asked, like, what are your top three tight end waiver pickups? And again, I think Dan Arnold is going to be someone that I would recommend. Donald Parham mm-hmm. did get his second straight game with a touchdown. He is super red zone dependent, which is good because the Chargers get in the mm-hmm. red zone a lot. The only issue is they have Mike Williams and Keenan yeah. Allen. And Austin Eckler, that all can do touchdown stuff too. So Donald Parham is more of a, he will maybe score a touchdown and that's about the only utility he has unless Jared Cook gets hurt. That's the one concession I'd make. I also want to throw Zach Ertz out there into that mix. Now I know the volume wasn't necessarily there this week. He's only 37% rostered in Yahoo formats, but uh, Dallas Goddard, Popped onto the COVID nineteen list today. Oh, actually, interesting. That's, that must have just happened this yeah. morning because uh, the, he news. was out with it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess breaking news from the podcast because uh, I was looking him up and I know I remember he had a he had an injury status. He had an he had an illness. He was just, but we you know you never can automatically mm-hmm. assume an illness is COVID nineteen. Well, shoot, that changes everything. I'd probably pick Ertz up over Hunter Henry even. So I'd to answer that question, I would say Ertz is number one Ertz at 37% one. rostered. Henry's number two at 40% rostered. 
Yeah, and then Ertz, it gets Ertz real interesting. Sure. Then Dan Arnold, maybe like a Moali Cox or David Njoku. That so Ertz missed time on the COVID list. And and that was, I assume, because he wasn't vaccinated. Like he had he had missed a mandatory amount of time. Maybe it's not a fair jump to make that Dallas Goddard also is not vaccinated. But if that's the case, you're maybe starting one or two starts for Zach Ertz. And I think that makes him mm-hmm. behind Daryl Williams and divine behind Devontae Booker. But he might be in that Kadarius Tony range if you told me Tony was going to be missing some time, yeah. like of pickups. Mm-hmm. I like Zacherts a lot then as, as one yeah. of the top pickups. This whole Philadelphia route tree is confusing to me. I mean, I'm ready to take my lumps on Rager, maybe not having the, the year I thought he was going to have. But Devontae Smith is the only receiver that is somewhat involved in that passing game. And other than that, it's two tight end sets, and they use both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you only have one option. Of course, opposing defenses will key in on that a little bit, but uh, – I think Ertz could be in for a couple of big games if this is if this is in fact a multi-week just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's going to be a big pickup and one that just kind of came at the end. Otherwise, we'd be uh, highlighting more. Before we move over to the streaming defenses, let's get a word from our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy for this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Will they go over or under their projected stat totals? Choose 10 of the t- uh, 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it's to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has free $1,000 NFL Week 5, I'm sorry, Week 6 RotoWire supporters. Use promo code RotoWire when you sign up and you'll also receive a free 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the I- iOS App Store or Google Play Store to sign up by visiting www dot thrive fantasy.com get in on the action and prop up today okay so streaming defenses you're not eager to start the colts after what we saw this past week however they are going against davis mills likely and the texans they have a good upcoming schedule against the niners titans jets and jacksonville uh in the weeks to come i think they become a a a decent streaming guys even with all the guys that are hurt right Mm -hmm. yeah i would say that you know again the the ownership isn't always there they're only 47 percent rostered so you got basically a coin toss if you're out there but especially if you're not normally a super active manager there's someone you can probably toss in for the next four or five weeks and be just fine tennessee's the most dangerous matchup of the bunch because san francisco doesn't really you know they're 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 so banged up and their quarterback play is terrible and then of course you can get the jets and jags in there who you know who knows if the jags will have the same coach by then but at 47 percent they're they're one that uh that uh, you can, yeah, just plug and play. It, it, it don't oversimplify. The Colts defense actually looked good in the first half, but what happened is Baltimore. Tired. Baltimore, one of the top five offenses, they had like three ten play drives in a row while the Colts were going three and out. Like not many defenses can hold up to that, especially right. when you have to worry about containing Lamar Jackson and him running east to west and all over the place. Here, you get tired. It happens. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Colts are the top pickup this week for defense perspective. Then I'll go actually to the Dolphins. I know that they got you know eviscerated by Tom Brady, but they go against the Jaguars offense that has been frustrating. And I think there are pieces on the Dolphins to do well. I know that there's been reports that maybe they weren't trying for Brian Flores or they've been dis- and, you know, disillusioned on this game. I, I think this will be fine enough for a Dolphins start, but what do you think? Yeah, so again, going back to the over-under, the over-under on that game is 45 and a half. And, uh, but again, the, the Colts out of all the teams that I have listed here, the Colts are the only home team and their over under is the lowest of 42 and a half. So further doing my point, the dolphins, you're taking a road, a road team, but they're a road favorite. I guess I could see it here. I also, you know, I'll, I'll throw the Homer pick into the mix here. I want to look at the Packers. Now, if you're in a league 
that does that takes points away for points allowed, then maybe you want to be a little bit careful with uh, against the Packers because I could see this defense having a blow up day eventually. But if that doesn't matter and you're just counting sacks and turnovers, I think the Packers will get a handful against Chicago and they'll be an okay play. And the other one mentioned is at least the Bengals going against the Lions. I agree with you mm-hmm. though; it's Colts all the way, top pickup for me, and then I'd go Dolphins, then Packers, then Bengals. That that fair order for you? Yep. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the World Wire NFL podcast, breaking down the week six waiver wire pickup sponsored by WinBet. Uh, so you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports at Roto Jake. Uh, if you have any lineup questions, trade questions, anything like that, we got you covered. Um, but thanks again for listening. And obviously, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, less running back injuries to discuss. Uh, but that's what we're here for. We're trying to help you guys mm-hmm. out and give you the best uh, options we can. So thanks yeah. everyone for listening. Absolutely. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.